Welcome to the School of Sellers podcast, a teacher business show that is short on time, but big on action. Full-time, part-time, or just getting started? No matter where you are in your teacher-seller journey, there's something here for everyone. Making your online teacher business feel doable every step of the way. Here's your host, Erin Waters. Hello there, my seller friends. Welcome to a very special episode of the School of Sellers podcast. Once again, we are hitting on a topic that we really have not talked about yet on this show. And to be completely honest, it's a topic that I typically do not like, (laughs) but it's absolutely a necessary evil. So first, a little background. When I first started growing my business and I started outsourcing things, one of the very first things I outsourced was taxes. And even now, after years of having an accountant to help me, I dread tax season because my bookkeeping system is definitely my weakest link in terms of keeping up with everything. And on top of that, I feel like I have the memory of a goldfish when it comes to tax information. Like I learn about it and I understand about certain concepts, but then I find myself constantly second-guessing myself and worrying that somehow I'm still doing something wrong (laughs) because I just can never remember exactly what the protocol is. Taxes are very much a foreign language to me. But like many things in the TPT world, this is definitely something I know I'm not alone in. So I thought it would make a great topic for an episode. Today, I'm sitting down with Emily Bryant. Emily, along with her business partner, Rachel, who I was fortunate enough to meet at the last TPT conference, together they run All About Accounting, which is an accounting service and tax resource specifically for TBT sellers. TBT sellers are their niche, their number one focus, and it's just so one of a kind and man, do these people know their stuff. Emily gathered a simple list of things that you guys can do now so that you don't find yourself in a frenzy come late March or early April if you are a last minute Lucy like myself. So if you are someone who scrambles to get your you-know-what together every single tax season, then this episode is for you. Enjoy, my friends. I am so excited to welcome Emily Bryant to our show today. Emily, you are the face behind, one of the faces behind All About Accounting, and I feel like this might be a brand new introduction for a lot of our audience members because this is the first episode of its kind that we have done on this show. So First of all, welcome. Welcome. I would love for you to give just a little bit of background info and tell us who you are and what you do. Sure, absolutely. I'm Emily Bryant. I'm the founder and tax advisor at All About Accounting. And we're an accounting firm that helps illuminate tax strategies and bookkeeping best practices for the teacher seller community. Basically what we do. Amazing. So you and Rachel is your partner who is the second half of All About Accounting. How did you guys get into the TPT world, the accounting world, all of it? The TPT world. So I had started All About Accounting and like one of my first clients, she was a TPT seller and she lives five, 10 minutes from me. And for two years, she was, Emily, you need to like help this. Like there are so many people that need your help. You should look into niching here. And I just like, yeah, no, I don't want to sales tax, you know, like, I don't want to get into that. And then two years later, I was like, okay, we're doing this. 
And then it's just kind of blown up and it's just such a fun space to be in and obviously very needed. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, I can obviously attest to that as being on the seller side of things. I talk a lot with our audience about how TPT specifically, I feel like we're just a bunch of like accidental entrepreneurs. Like none of us got into this to do the business side of things. We were very much driven by, you know, a creative spirit and serving students and other teachers. So the business side is very much very low, I think, on a lot of our lists in terms of how much we know about it and also the enjoyment factor. But I mean, most teacherpreneurs were teachers first. So they went to school to be teachers, not business owners. And so learning all of that from the ground up is such a daunting task. But I like applaud you all for like doing it, struggling your way through it like everybody else. (laughs) Thank you. Well, and I think a lot of the business side of things are, you know, what I deem necessary evils. I don't enjoy them, but it doesn't mean we can like completely ignore them, obviously, for many reasons which is where amazing people like you come in and make it easier to understand and also just to manage. So I am so excited. What we're talking about today is the upcoming April tax deadline. And you have put together a list, a short little list of things that sellers can do now, right? So that they are not like scrambling at the last minute for the April deadline. Is that correct? I do. It's a very broad list. We wanted to keep it short, (laughs) but hopefully it's enough information to get everybody started. And at the end, I've got a little something for you guys to use, think will help you even more. So should we just dive into the list? Yeah, let's do it. I do not do any of my own tax stuff. So I am like into this. Like, I can't wait to hear what you have (laughs) to say. All right. Okay. So number one, we have, you need to summarize all your business transaction data. So that can take the form of like full-on bookkeeping where you are reconciling and you are making sure that no more, no less is included in everything. But that can also just come in the form of like a list of here's all the money I spent for my business. Here's all the money I received for, for my business. It can okay. be that simple. Can um, I ask you a quick question about that? Absolutely. So is there like, because I admittedly, I am very like archaic when it comes to keeping my data. Like I'm still, I still have spreadsheets, like very, I don't automate any of that process at this point. Is there a software that you recommend that would be the easiest way of like keeping all of that throughout the year? I recommend QuickBooks Online if you're wanting to do a software. Now that is like a very robust engine really uh, that can go wrong. So if you don't know how to use it, definitely get a little like, you know, you're going to have to like watch YouTube tutorials, understand it, or hire somebody to help you just walk through what you need to know. But it's like, it can be expensive also. And so if you're looking for an alternative, just to shamelessly plug our bookkeeping guide in here, we have created a bookkeeping guide mm-hmm. that is works the same way as QuickBooks. But it's still a spreadsheet, but it's going to automate everything. And you can still do a lot of the same functionality, but at a fraction of the cost, you can reuse it each year. I update it each year. So you'll get like a note (laughs) from me saying, Mm -hmm. next year is updated. You can go download it and you just re-click the link that you already had. But as far as softwares go, it's for me, it's QuickBooks Online or a bookkeeping guide that has been specifically tailored to the TPT community. Well, I think I'm going to check out your guide first because I like the idea of a lower learning curve when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. And with the guide, just to like, you know, still plug in here a little bit. (laughs) Uh, It comes with all sorts of video tutorials. So while it like the bookkeeping process itself 
is just overwhelming. You could go search the sea of the internet for video tutorials on how to use QuickBooks, but the bookkeeping guide is here's how to use the guide for this niche, for TPP sellers, for teacher sellers, for VAs, for product photographers, all of those. It's meant for this community. And there's video tutorials for every single sheet. There's a step-by-step instructions of this is what you need to do each month. Here's how to read your reports. I love that. I feel like this episode is like fate for me personally, because my husband is also home with me full time and he's doing part like product creation, but other parts, you know, helping me with the bookkeeping because I slack so much with it. So we were literally looking at QuickBooks yesterday before this call, because I was kind of filling him in about this call and we were both so overwhelmed. So now I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I will get the guide instead and we'll go that (laughs) route. So. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. The uh, The bookkeeping can be really easy to just leave to the side throughout the year. And that's what a lot of new sellers do. And, and even a lot of established sellers, they're just like, I'm going to do this all right at the end of the year, right before I need to file my taxes. This is why people feel anxious and overwhelmed by all of the work and everything. And they just want to bury their head in the sands. But if you have a system in place that you can use and update throughout the year, the process becomes so less scary and the tax, like taxes, tax Mm -hmm. season becomes like a non-issue because you're already prepared. You already know how much you're going to owe. You've already saved that amount of money for it. It just, it's so much like more peace of mind by doing it throughout the year, but you can't know what your taxes are if you don't have the bookkeeping. Right. So that's why like, you're like, I just feel anxious because you're in the dark because you haven't done the work. You're doing it once a year. I think that's going to be music to a lot of people's ears, like the idea of making tax season a non-issue because it very much is an issue for a lot of people for yes. the exact reasons that you just shared. I think you really just nailed it there. So yeah, oh, this is great. All right. So circling back to our mm-hmm. number, one, which is summarize all your business transaction data, whether that's bookkeeping whether that's a spreadsheet, whether you're using the bookkeeping guide, whether you're using the like, we have a new tax prep hot sheet, which is for those people who are like, I do not want to do it throughout the year. (laughs) I am happy just to do this like at the end of the year. And so we have a little something for you too, that will just help you be organized and summarize all your data efficiently. But when you're going to pull all of that data, you're looking at your bank statements, you're looking at your PayPal account, Don't forget, like if you have a separate business banking account, make sure everything is on there. If you don't scan through, or even if you do scan through all your personal statements to make sure something personal didn't accidentally get put on there or something for business that's on your personal accounts are on there. I accidentally like Amazon, check Amazon. I bought pens yesterday and accidentally forgot to change the credit card (laughs) that pays for these. Yeah, right. To my business account. Right. And so I had to go into like my QuickBooks and then I entered it in. So I didn't forget mm-hmm. that I had that expense, that business expense, because literally only use pens for my business in my house. I don't. Right. That's and it. that would be something way easier to tackle right then instead of going back through all of your Amazon purchases for the year. I don't know what your cart looks like, but mine is a mile long. So, oh, so yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Check those things. Amazon, your personal accounts, just do like a quick read through. The best you can do, like if you're wanting to be proactive throughout the year, if you catch it, you're like, oh crap, that was for business. Write it down, put it in your bookkeeping guide, put it in your bookkeeping. Just write yourself a note, have a notebook of these 
you basically you need to tra- uh, you need to track the date, the amount, who you paid or who you received the money from, and what account did it go into matters or how was it paid? And then a little bit of a note of like like what was it for? Like if you mm-hmm. you know if you go buy something on Amazon, that could be anything. I would write pens <laughs> in mm-hmm. my, like description like I bought pens. Yeah. And then I would save the receipt. So Amazon's always a kind of a pain. You have to buy it. Then you have to go view the order. Then you have to view the invoice and then save the, a lot of steps. Yes. Um, but save those records because those are the things that help make sure that if the IRS ever asks, you have receipts to prove, yes, I bought pens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Not like a stuffed animal for my dog or something. Right. Right. <laughs> Easy peasy. Mm-hmm. All right. Any questions with number one? I don't think so. I feel like I like squeezed them in throughout. So I think I'm good on number one. I think that was really thorough. Excellent. All right. So number two, this is to make sure that your home office worksheet and your mileage logs are filled out. This will help your tax preparer just make sure that they are including your home office expenses if you qualify. Mm -hmm. So as a quick recap, in order to qualify for that, you have to have a separately designated space in your house that you use regularly and exclusively for business. Okay. So if you share it with a litter box, that's not exclusive. Like get that out of there. If there is like, <laughs> wow. if it's a spare bedroom, get that bed out of there. So like, it's really just the space of this is where I work. So you can't just, you know, throw in your cousins twice removed who are coming to visit in the spare room. That is your office. Not allowed. Now, if you, you know, just like, maybe don't mention it. Um, <laughs> but Generally speaking, like that's not like, so exclusivity has to be only used for business. So if I'm going to take a nap, I shouldn't nap in my home office. I should nap somewhere else. In Correct. Correct. <laughs> yes. I love it. Okay. Well, I guess I'll cross the couch off my wish list for my home office. There you go. Now, in all fairness, I had a coach in, so we had like too many coaches at one time in our house. And one of them was like right across. So like I have my desk and then just on the far wall here is there was a couch and I would go read, I think I was reading Atomic Habits at that time. Mm-hmm. And I do not like reading in a chair. I need to be horizontal reading. Same. Same. <laughs> and so I use that couch for business purposes of right. continuing education of reading and thinking and writing down. And sometimes I, you know, because it's a weird spot because like I don't just come in here to hang out. Right, right. <laughs> I'm working in here. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that. but that's how you qualify for the home office. Now, the mileage log, a lot of teacher sellers in the community probably don't have a lot of mileage. And a lot of the time, it might not be worth it to track. So to put that in perspective, I think, let me do like a quick calculation here for people because I find this really helpful. If you travel 200 kilom- or 200 miles, sorry, I'm Canadian, so there's my, <laughs> but I live in Georgia now. So if you go 200 miles and you... That saves you $38 in taxes. Okay. 200 miles. Now, if you are going like one mile, little one mile trips, the amount of time that you're spending on that and just the stress of like, oh, I need to like, I need to record this and all of that. Like, is that worth $40 to you? Right. Right. So you kind of do a little bit of a cost benefit analysis here, but if you're doing a long trip, write down that long trip. Why wouldn't you want that deduction? That's but what I was going to ask. Yeah. If, all of these little like one, one mile, two mile trips that like might not even add up to 200 transactions, the amount right. of work put into that might not be necessary, but it's nice to have in case you do, you're like, I went to the airport in order to go to the TPT forward. Right. That's um, a good point. 
Are you a TPT seller who knows exactly what you need to do, but you're just not sure how to get started and get yourself into action mode? That's exactly why I started Ignite, which is a monthly TPT work club for TPT sellers just like you who need that extra boost of accountability in their life in order to finally have the business of your dreams. Or who knows, maybe you are working to make the business of your dreams even better. Either way, I would love to have you join our Ignite community so that you can experience the magic of a group of people who just get it. And not only do they get it, but they are there to support you and encourage you and cheer for you every step of the way. Join today at schoolofsellers.com slash ignite. I think when we hear about like mileage stuff and home office stuff, it's so easy to want to do all of the things because like, like, why wouldn't you? But yeah, when you paint it in a situation of the cost versus what you're actually getting out of it, that's a great way of looking at it. So if I drove from Ohio to Chicago and back for TPT forward last year, that would be a worthwhile. Oh yeah. Put that in there. Mileage thing to track. But if those are the only two things, like only two drives that you had in 2022 or 2023, put those in there. Yeah. Like was, why not? Because that takes you two seconds to like go in Google maps, find how how long (laughs) rather than logging like the same short trip a hundred times. Yeah. That would be. I could and that, that gets tedious. And that is where people get burnt out. They're like, I hate record keeping. This sucks. Like, is this even like worth it? The yeah. answer is no. For those small trips, the answer is no, it's not. Just like like give yourself permission to not do it. Yeah. The amount of times I tell clients, would you pay someone to not do that again? <laughs> yeah. But in the in the the era where we pay not to have ads, like in Netflix, you're like, you pay for a subscription. So mm-hmm. I don't want same with Hulu, all of those things. Yeah, I'll pay $40 not to have to track a tedious one mile. I love that. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, anyway, so that's number two. One more quick thing, sorry, on the home office. There are Mm -hmm. two ways to track that. One, you can have the simplified method, which is basically just like $5 per square foot up to 300 square feet. Okay. Not have to track all of your actual. I have yet to see that be more tax beneficial to people, Mm -hmm. like by a lot can't think of the actual number at the moment. But the other way is the actual method where you are writing down, here's how much I paid for mortgage interest, real estate taxes, uh, utilities, HOA dues, pest control, security, all of those things like each month. Yeah. That's what we ended up having to do last year, I believe for our taxes, because the, just the square footage was not. I know like it's nothing. Yeah. (laughs) It's the difference between getting like a $50 $50 tax, like dollar deduction and 300. Yeah, that's definitely, well, that's definitely Which worth, is like it. worth it. Cause you can just sit down once it like, and you're like, okay, I know that I paid Georgia power. Let me go just do online search on my online banking right. power. You get a list of them, plunk them in there, you know, so much quicker and efficient 30 minutes, yes. for 30 minutes for $300. Definitely worth your time. Definitely worth it. <laughs> exactly. So enough about that one. Number three, we have double check your 1099s. Mm. This year has been a cluster cuss of <laughs> 99 rule changes, duplicated income scares, or just anticipating the scare. Double check your 1099s that you receive to make sure that they are accurate. Because there is nothing worse than fighting the IRS over duplicated income that was reported to them by somebody else. Yeah, 
And I feel like that's probably a pretty common thing in the TPT world because there's so many little rules about when to issue and not issue a 1099. And people mess them up. Yes. I tell you what, I have been on a, not a tirade, like a quest. (laughs) I'm not really (laughs) sure what to call it, but I have like pumped out at least three or four videos and I have a presentation going on. Well, I will have, by the time this airs, there will be a presentation. It's 30 minutes long of Mm -hmm. 1099s compliance of what are, do these forms mean? Do you need to worry about them? That kind of thing. That's amazing. You'll probably answer the question in the video, but so I know the 1099 deadline to issue them is the end of January. What does someone do in the event that it's after that deadline and they realize the 1099 is not accurate? Is there anything to do at that point? Or is that when you start fighting the IRS? So that like I would always, if it's not accurate, always go back to the person that issued it first or the company that issued it, because you are more likely to win them over and prove to them that the income was duplicated or that they filled out the form wrong and they can file a correction. Got it. Okay. That is your easiest way to, hey, I think you might have misunderstood this form. Here's a link to Emily's Instagram where it <laughs> what it is or a link to her YouTube presentation where it like really explains. I love it. What to do. <laughs> but yeah, check those. Some of the rules that had changed were for the 1099K. Those are the only rules that have changed. Mm-hmm. And those are just the thresholds of who's going to get one. But then on December 31st, the IRS was like, just kidding. We're going to push that out another year and then cause more mass confusion. Oh, um, that's terrible. Thank you so much. So we've been <laughs> building those questions a lot too. So currently the 1099K, you will get one if you on whatever third-party payment processor platform like that is handling your mo- processing your money, mm-hmm. you will receive a 1099K if you had sold $20,000 or more and it was 200 transactions or more. Okay. Those are so good numbers to remember. Only $600 or more. So a lot more people will receive 1099Ks mm-hmm. next year now. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that is a big change. It is a big change. Now people get this mixed up with the form 1099-NEC, which is what businesses have to give to their service providers. Okay. So if you hire as a teacher seller, if you hired like a VA, you might need to give them a 1099-NEC. That threshold is $600 or more. Okay. But only includes payments made via cash, check, Zelle, or you went into your online banking and initiated a payment through there. Gotcha. Like the only, those are the only things. And so people I have heard this year get really confused by it all where they think, oh, if they're not, if my, if my VA is not receiving a 1099k from PayPal, Mm -hmm. that means I need to include the payments that I paid them via PayPal in the 1099 NEC. And that is just not correct. It's only that if you, whatever you paid cat, like they're separate forms, they're separate <laughs> rules. You only include no matter what, if it was cash check Zelle or a bank transfer initiated by you through your online banking. And would that also cover like PayPal friends? Like if you pay with friends and family versus paying for goods and services? So that would be like PayPal's thing where that's we're now we're talking about the 1099k and mm-hmm. PayPal will give that to you and they should be only including the goods and services. Gotcha. So 
that's part of why the IRS extended it an extra year is for those payment processors to be able to better communicate and better differentiate those types of transactions. The IRS doesn't want to see on your tax return that you sold a couch. At like <laughs> right. Or you, you know, not necessarily that you sold a couch, but like you reimbursed your friend for dinner out or something like that. Right. Like, so you don't care. Right. <laughs> don't want it on your tax return. So that's part of the reason why they extended it and then caused more mass confusion. Oh, gosh. But double check those because of the duplicated income to kind of tie this back to your bookkeeping. And why you want to be doing it throughout the year and why it's so important is that if you have your income stream segmented, you will be able to see, is that 1099 correct? Yep. And if you have bookkeeping, you will be able to know if the sum of all of your 1099s are more than what your bookkeeping says, either your bookkeeping is wrong or the 1099s are wrong. Right. So really, we should be checking our bookkeeping and the 1099, you know, Correct. If you do see a discrepancy there. Correct. But if your 1099, if the sum of all the 1099s that you receive are lower than what your bookkeeping says, mm-hmm. it's probably okay because you might not have met certain thresholds and certain platforms. So you might not actually have all of your income represented in the 1099s. Gotcha. Not, when you're going to prepare your taxes, this is why you need to actually go do some bookkeeping, summarize all the income you received because the 1099s that you receive might not actually include all of your income because all of your income is taxable. Right. See, these are things I never obviously think about because my brain just doesn't work this way. So this is like so eye-opening and helpful to hear from someone who knows what they're talking about, but also knows what they're talking about in the realm of TBT. Because I feel like that's where a lot of the disconnect happens is it's just so hard to give specific advice for specific areas if you're not familiar with the ins and outs. Oh, yeah. this is- my marketing and my confidence in giving advice got so much better once I focused on TPT because then I could speak that language. I could, you know, I can reference Hyperwallet. I can reference the types of vendors that you're going to have. And it helps the understanding and the learning process to be like, oh, yeah, no, that does apply to me. This makes sense. It's mm-hmm. a scenario that she just described that I am going through right now. It's so much easier than trying to sift through all of the things on the internet of or reading forms on the the instructions on like the IRS of like, oh, God. what does this mean? <laughs> does this apply to me? Or trying to get a hold of someone at the IRS. I mean, the list oh, goes on. It is good. You have to try to do that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. On to our last tip here, which is yeah. just gather all of your tax documents. That's your W-2s, your brokerage statements, your mortgage interest statements, all of those IRS looking forms that say form something, something, something. Yes. Collect all those, collect all of your donations, like cash donations. A lot of the most commonly overlooked items that I see are like childcare expenses. If you have a dependent non-cash donation amounts where people just forget that they have donated to Goodwill. Now those only like that donation there only matters if you're itemizing your deductions. So this is one of those things where if you are not itemizing, you don't have to worry about it. Don't think about it. It does not impact your, you do not need to like go to the, I think Intuit has like a, it's deductible. I think Mm -hmm. they can, you list out all of, I had five sweaters, two pairs of pants and all of the items that you had, (laughs) you do not have to do all that work because it's not going to impact your taxes if you do not itemize. Okay. Good to know. So that one, 
uh, home office is usually missed. The mileage log is usually missed. And the biggest one that your tax preparer will probably always send you a follow-up email for is, did you make any estimated tax payments? If you didn't, say that. Just say, here's all my stuff. So give all of, collect all your stuff, give it to your tax preparer at one time. They will thank you for this. And write, I did not make any estimated tax payment. And if you did, write, I made as like, here's the estimated tax payments I made. How much on what date? Yeah, now that you're saying that, I feel like that is always the follow-up email yeah. or question or... Those make the biggest impact on your tax return. It's the difference between you like, hey, it looks like you owe $15,000. Did you make any estimated tax payments? And as a tax preparer, I'm always sitting here, fingers crossed, like, please, uh-huh. please have made estimated tax payments of the vouchers that I gave you. <laughs> yes. And, you know, you're sitting here with your fingers crossed and then you're like, no, I didn't. I'm like, or you're like, yes, I did. I made, you know, $10,000 in estimated uh-huh. And you're like, oh, awesome. You only owe five grand. And that's a lot easier as a, of a conversation to have. Oh, breaking that news. I know I'm, I'm the person that's the worst part of my job. Well, I'm the person who will literally take my vouchers and pay them all as soon as I possibly can, (laughs) because I hate that hanging over my head. Like, I just want to know that that money has already been taken out. Like I can account for it and it is done. I can't imagine the panic of owing so much money and not knowing it. No, but what happens when you have your business, like has a huge growth. How do you account for that extra growth in those tax, like estimated tax payments? So will we have a CPA who's very like high touch. So he will like keep in contact with us throughout the year and kind of check in to see how the business is performing versus how we expected it to perform. And at that point, you know, we might crunch some numbers and set aside extra money to make up for Unfortunately, we haven't really had the growth in the last year, but in previous years when that did happen, we yeah. were just kind of stocking just in case money away. Yeah. I mean, I guess, can you overpay on vouchers or like if you, you want to? I mean, you can pay whatever you want on them. If you if you do end up overpaying, you're just going to get a really fat refund. That's, in yeah, that's what I did one year, I think, when we were anticipating a lot of growth, like halfway through the year, I started paying like couple thousand more on each of the vouchers. I'm just, I I live in fear that I'm going to owe money (laughs) that I didn't know I owed. So I'm always (laughs) willing to play it safe as long as I have the cash flow, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think you'll enjoy, like, if you do look into the bookkeeping guide, I think you'll enjoy it because there is a estimated tax calculator worksheet in there. uh, It actually might, I think in the bookkeeping guide, it automatically calculates it for you where you, here's what you're going to owe. And then you would put in your estimated tax payments and it adjusts each time, like every time you've caught up your bookkeeping. So you have a perpetual, this is how much you should be saving for taxes. This is how much you've already paid in to your taxes Mm -hmm. Like that encompasses all of your business activity. I will absolutely love that. I'm definitely checking that out as soon as we... (laughs) It removes so much anxiety. Like most, the biggest thing that I hear uh, this community talk about is uh, how much do I need to save for taxes? And that that worksheet just solves that problem pretty darn close. Oh, that's amazing. I am dying to know now, given where you are now, what was the very first job that you've ever had? The very first job. Like, are we going like way back, like as a kid? 
I mean, yeah, if you can remember or fully functioning adult, like (laughs) where are we going here? Or like whatever, like first official job you had, that was a paying job that wasn't like from parents or something, or I think it was a paper route. Oh, and because it messed with my sleep, I ended up always waking up at 3am doing the papers, like giving them to like, you know, my neighbors and whatever. And like delivering, I think it's like 160 papers and then by foot with my dog and then going back to sleep and then waking up and going to school. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. That's a pretty grueling first job to have. It was, and it didn't pay well. (laughs) It didn't last terribly long. I think I did it for six months or a year, but that was, that was my first job. Wow. I love that. All right. Second, just for fun question. I really like leveraging your knowledge about the financial side. So I'm going to ask if you could change one thing about TPT and it could be from a tax standpoint, like what do you think would be a great adjustment or change that could be made to make? Oh my God. I already have this ready. They process refunds poorly in the data management perspective. Mm. So when a refund is issued, and this is where like people's tax forms get like confusing because when TPT issues a refund, like if someone bought your product in January, mm-hmm. refunded it in May, TPT will go change the January transaction oh. as opposed to recording a refund in May. So that's why people look at their itemized monthly 1099 numbers and they're like, what the heck? And they're like, what is happening? And this is why every year when we go, we're like, we sort out the discrepancies because we can see when, because when we do our client data, we pull all of the TPT data, mm-hmm. we know exactly how much like got changed. And then we can go back and we can see, yep, refunds, refunds, refunds. From a data management standpoint, that is horrendous. From a tax standpoint, that is more than horrendous, <laughs> egregious. Because if you have your 1099 should show a sale in December, mm-hmm. but then in January it gets refunded. That's affecting your December sales and you're like, but it shouldn't like, it looks like that, but it shouldn't, it should have like, it should be from the time of purchase taxes on that sale in December. And you get a reduction of sales in January for the next tax year. It's just like, I talked to somebody at the TPT conference and they haven't changed it, but you know, (laughs) maybe one day (laughs) that's that's my, like my, my two cents. (laughs) No, that's the refunds. That's very enlightening. And I totally can see that. I've definitely dealt with that in the past. Yeah. It's it's the refunds. It's the refunds. Well, this has been so valuable, Emily. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of your knowledge. We are going to be sharing links to your guide, the sheet you mentioned, everything will be available in the show notes. But can you tell us where we can find you online if we would like to learn more and get to know you better? Absolutely. Uh, we have a strong presence on Instagram. So if you just do a search for All About Accounting, we should be the first ones that pop up there. And we also have a Facebook group called Tax Tips for the TPT Community, which will be linked. But there is where if you have any questions, that's a better spot to ask it. And then you get a little bit of a group. And then I'm in there. Rachel's in there answering questions just to try to help guide people and make sure they're not shooting themselves in the foot when it comes <laughs> to taxes and bookkeeping and all of that. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been uh, really fun. Thanks for having me.
Thanks again to Emily for sharing all of her wisdom. And as a little bonus, following our chat, Emily was generous enough to give me a behind-the-scenes peek at her TBT bookkeeping and tax guide for those of you who want to do it all. It is super comprehensive, and it literally felt like a weight was being taken off my shoulders as she walked me through the different parts and explained how to use it. So we will be linking to that in the show notes. You can check it out. But then she's also, along with Rachel, compiled like a one-page cheat sheet for those of you who prefer to still scramble a little bit at the last minute, but in a more organized way. So there's no shame in that if you are still very much a last-minute bookkeeping gatherer. But luckily, these wonderful accountants have put together tools regardless of your preference, and you can find both of those in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, friends, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.